All right, here we're going to do, okay? We're going to do a little Bible study together, so let's get after it. If you have your Bible, let's go to James chapter 1, and just going to hold your place there. We're going to kind of jump a lot around a lot today, and I got a lot of different verses, and so at any, diff- at any point tonight, if you feel a little bit lost, two things are going to help you out. Number one, verses will be on the screen for you. And number two, you have something on your chair, under your chair, and it's like a little listening guide. It's, that's for you to use tonight. And it's for you to fill in as we go along tonight, and it's for you to kind of take home. I don't know if you've ever gone home and kind of been like, man, like, that was, all, that was a great night, but what did we talk about? I just can't remember. Well, that's what this little listening guide is for. And I don't know about you, but here's how I kind of feel during sermons, okay? I'm just going to be a little honest, all right? So um, sometimes during sermons, I, I'm really interested in what the person on stage is saying, but I'm a little tired. It's been a long day. A lot of stuff has happened today. And I get a little tired, right? It's kind of hard to listen. Even when you want to listen, it's hard to listen. So that's what that little listening guide is for. If you don't have anything to write with, then just look at the, the, seat, right, the seat back right in front of you. You should have a pen right there for you to use. And when you finish tonight, you just put that right back in there. And we'll make sure that you have something to write with every week. You can take that paper home and we'll stick little announcements on it for you. We'll tell you I love you on those little papers that you're going to get every week. And you can take those home and... Whenever you feel like nobody loves you, you just got to pull that out and say, oh, Calvary students loves me, okay? It doesn't say we love you tonight, but it will in the future, okay? All right, so here we go. All right, so I have a, I have a question for you. Have, can you think of a time that, when you ever felt trapped, when you felt stuck somewhere? So anybody ever done these, this really cool uh, thing with your friends called the escape room? Anybody ever done an escape room before where you get locked up in a room and it may look a little like this picture right here where you kind of like have to, they're all different kinds of escape rooms. Some of them look like laboratories. Some of them look like old kind of rooms. Some are like Western things, but there's like this thing called escape room and you pay money, you get locked in the room with your friend and you have to like solve all these puzzles to go on to the next thing, to the next thing. And eventually the goal is to kind of, is to get out, right? And if you don't make it out of the escape room, you die. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how the escape room goes. But you, you, you're like stuck in the escape room. And if you, if you don't get, make it out of the escape room, then you lose. And then the person just kind of says, well, thank you for doing the escape room today. You didn't make it out. Your, your whole family lost and y'all don't know math or how to do puzzles. And so too bad for you, right? Thanks for paying your $30. And then you leave, right? Okay, so that's kind of how escape rooms go. And you know, today I kind of want to talk about how temptation, watch this, track with me, temptation and temptation to sin is very much like this escape room and being trapped in an escape room. I think a lot of temptation kind of like that. Now, before we go on, we're in this series and it's on the screen, this big series called We Believe, right? And we're talking about these core values, these core beliefs that we have. And beliefs are so essential. They're so foundational to who we are. Every one of you believes something at some point. You all believe something about the world. You believe something about yourself. You believe something about God. You believe something about your friends. You believe something about family. You have a lot of different beliefs. And so we're talking about all of these different kind of beliefs that people have. And the first thing that we said uh, three weeks ago now, three weeks today, we said this, that we believe that Jesus is better that Jesus is better. And what that means to us is that loving, that means that we are called and that we are loving Jesus with all that we are. I think that might be the first blank in your listening thing to fill in. That we love Jesus with all that we are. And that that's what Jesus is better means. Jesus is better means that we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. 
that nothing compares to the way that we love Jesus. And that's what Jesus is better means. And so when you hear us say that Jesus is better, we're saying that Jesus is better than anything, than everything, than everyone, and that we love him with all of our hearts. Jesus is better. We can walk around and just say, yeah, man, Jesus is better. I believe Jesus is better. Um, I love that, that last song that Karina taught us that we actually did at one weekend. We did that song at one weekend, that song called King. One of my favorite lines in that song says that anxiety is met with peace. Like maybe you have felt anxious or anxiety in your life. And it says, anxiety is met with peace. That's what being in a relationship with Jesus is like. Jesus is better than our anxiety. He's better than our worry. He's better than our stress. He's better than our fear. Jesus really is better. So today we're going to look at Jesus being better, that he is really better than our temptation. Jesus is better than our temptation. What is temptation? That's the first question we're going to look at today. What is temptation? All right. Well, temptation is the desire or the thing inside you that wants to do something that is wrong, that wants to do something that is sin. That's what temptation is. The temptation to do something that is not what God has deemed to be good or right or the best thing for us, that that's what temptation is. I also think of temptation a little bit like this video. Just kind of check this out. In this video here that you see, you're gonna see like these little rats and these little rats, uh, this, this dude, he's got a YouTube channel that's gone viral. You should check it out sometime because it's like just awesome. Like he just makes all these different rat traps. He's got like a whole, a whole like bunch of rats that he has like kept. He doesn't kill them. He keeps them alive because he reuses the rats. But like, check this out. So he like invents all these rat traps and films them and then puts them on YouTube and people are like, awesome. So like, I don't know, a whole hour later after seeing all these different rat traps that this guy kind of comes up with, it kind of hit me. You know what? Temptation is a lot like a rat trap. You know, we're going after something and we're going after something that we don't, that we know is not the best thing for us. And that little rat right there, he fell into this trap and he's like, he gets to the bottom level of this rat trap and he's like, sweet, there's a lot of food down here. He's like, man, I hit the jackpot. Now, what I'm not going to show you is the end of this video when he takes the little rat and smashes it. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that on the video. Otherwise, he'd be in big trouble on YouTube. And of course, he'd, all these people would be crying and the comments would be like, oh. Anyway, okay, so we're not going to go there. Um, I'm not pro-rat. But anyway, um, but the little rat falls into the, and, and at the end of this video, what you don't see at the end of this video is that there, at the end of this video, there are about 20. I'm not even kidding. Go look up on YouTube. Um, there are like 20 rats all in this little bucket. And, and he did one just like this one, except in, instead of falling into a bucket that was dry, he filled it with water. All right. And then he put these little holes on the side of it so that as the rats fell into the water and the water level started to rise with five rats, 10 rats, 20 rats, when the water started to rise, if the water rises high enough, what happens? The rats can jump out, right? So he poked holes on the side of the, gla of the clear uh, bucket thing. So as the water rose and reached a level, the water would just kind of spill out and they were stuck in there. And he filmed these rats swimming around for about five minutes. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's going to just let the rats drown on YouTube and we're just going to watch these rats drown on YouTube. Again, like some people could find this extremely offensive, right? But no, he walks up to the rats, he dumps the water out, and he's like, good job, guys, we'll test another trap tomorrow, right? And so then the, all the rats are alive. But I think of, of temptation to sin a lot like a rat trap. 
You get free food in a rat trap. But temptation is very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing because temptation, the Bible says, leads to sin. And sin leads to death. And that's nothing to play around with. Something to play around with. Uh, where does temptation come from? Well, James 1 says this. It'll be on the screen if you need it. James 1 says, Blessed is the one who endures trial, because when he has stood the test of time, when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who are with him. So what the Bible says in James is this, is, hey, the one who is able to stand against trial, the one who's able to stand strong in temptation, he is called blessed, and he will receive that crown of life. Now, look what it says about where temptation comes from. Don't miss it. Do you ever wonder, where does temptation come from? Why am I being tempted? It says this, verse 13. Track with me, okay? Don't be distracted tonight. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. So, temptation to fall into sin doesn't come from God. God isn't the one tempting you with evil. God's not saying, do you really love me? Let me send you some evil stuff to see if you really love me. It says right here that, that no one should say that God is tempting me. It says, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone with evil, so don't ever think that God is the one that's tempting you with evil, with, with, with sin. It says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. And that's number one. That's number one in your, in your handout. You can fill that in if you want to. Where does temptation come from? It comes from your own evil desires. It comes from your own dark heart. See, every single one of us have this desire to, to sin, to do the opposite of what God wants us to do. God says, I love you, and my way is good, and I want you to follow my way for your life. I love you. And there's just something in our hearts that's called the flesh, and it says, no, I'm not about that action tonight, God. Thank, no, thank you. That's the flesh, and it, it comes from our desires, our evil desires that are against what God wants for us. So the Bible says God isn't the one tempting you. That temptation, it, it's, it's just inside of you. It's called the flesh. It says this in verse 15, after desire has conceived, after temptation has, has given birth to desire, has, and then desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and then when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So you see kind of like this process of what temptation does to us, okay? Watch this. Track with me. This is, is, you can understand the Bible. It's not hard to understand. So this is really what it's like, okay? God says, I love you, and my way is good. Love me back and live my way in your life. We come along and say, yeah, God, I want to do that. And then temptation catches our attention, and we're like, oof, and we just go a different way. So make no mistake, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, temptation, it is going to conceive sin. Like the result of temptation is going to be that you fall into sin, that you do the opposite of what God wants us to do. And when you fall into sin, what follows right after that is death. So you get temptation, which leads to sin, which finally leads to death. Okay, so where else does temptation come from? Well, it doesn't just come from our own desires. It also comes from Satan. In Luke chapter 34, you don't have to look it up, but it says this, that after 
after uh, Satan, after the devil had finished uh, every temptation, tempting Jesus, that he departed for, from Jesus for a time. So in this passage, we're not going to look at it. It's a very long passage. We're not going to look at it tonight. But in this passage, Jesus is being tempted. So don't ever say, listen to this. Have you ever been tempted before? And ever be like, man, like, God, you know how hard it is to live for you? Oh, I feel so tempted. But Jesus knew exactly what it was like to be tempted. He was tempted too. He knew exactly what it felt like to have sin staring him in the face. And he had to make a choice of whether or not he was going to engage in that sin or not. And the Bible says that, Satan tempted Jesus. And it says that when Satan had finished tempting Jesus, that he left for some time. What does that mean? It means that he is going to continue to try to tempt Jesus throughout his life. Now, here's the thing. Listen to this. You're smart people. You're going to understand me here. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ... You have a target on your back, and the target is temptation, and it's to live and do the opposite of what God wants you to do. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you are not walking in a relationship with God today, guess what? You probably don't have that same target on your back the same way because you're already not living for God and don't know him yet. But those of you who do know him, you do have this target on your back, and Satan does send temptation our way. He wants us to, to, to do anything but love God the way that we were called to love God. Like, has anybody ever just sat you down and looked at you face to face like this and said, you were created to love God, to live for him. And when you do, you will experience the most joy in your life from loving God and being loved by God. Anybody ever said that to you just face to face looking at you like that? And what Satan wants is for us to do anything but love God back. That's his entire goal in life. Now, here's the thing. We don't know if it's Satan tempting us and or just our own desires inside of our hearts sometimes. And so we got to be really careful not to be like every little thing around us is the devil, right? We don't like every time something comes our way, we're not like, oh, that's the devil tempting me. Oh, that's the devil tempting me. Or my, maybe your grandparents or my grandparents used to be like, that means watch out son because the devil is out to get you all right and we don't we don't really know if it's satan tempting us or if it's just our own desire for sin inside of us it's hard to distinguish between the two and we shouldn't get caught up with saying oh that's satan oh that's just me inside oh that's satan oh that's just what i want to do oh and and back and forth the point is simply this that whether it is Satan that's tempting us or temptation that's just in our hearts to do what is wrong, to do what is evil, the point is simply this. It still takes us to the same place, sin and death. So we don't have to get caught up on who is tempting us or where the temptation is coming from. Here's number three. Listen, temptation comes from believing a lie. Have you ever been lied to before? Have you ever been lied to before? Maybe by somebody that you trusted or somebody that you thought understood you and maybe they, they didn't understand you the way you wanted them to, but have you ever been lied to before? Well, listen... That's where temptation comes from, too. Temptation is believing this lie, this whisper. And here's the first lie. The lie is this. You don't need God. Like, life will be just fine without God in your life. You don't need him. And basically what that lie means is this. You can do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. You don't need him. The second lie is this. Maybe you do believe that you, that you need God. And the second lie very much is this. You are the only person that is dealing with that. 
that sin that you're struggling with, that temptation that you're going through, that thing that your mom or your dad doesn't know about and you don't want them to know about, you're the only one that is dealing with that. Look at you and you begin to feel alone. Like you can't talk to anybody about that thing you're struggling with or that sin that you're dealing with. And let me tell you, this is what happens. When we isolate ourselves, when we get ourselves all by ourselves in our, in our spiritual life, we isolate ourselves and we cut ourselves off from, off from people around us that wanna know God and love God, we begin to struggle with that temptation so much. There's this guy, he's a pretty cool guy. He's an old pastor guy. His name's John Piper, um, old enough to be your great grandfather probably. Well, those of us who know, know who John Piper is, we like to call him, I like to call him the pipe bomb because he dro- he's dropping truth all the time, all right? Any, anybody here, watch, I, I'm expecting hundreds of hands to be raised, right? Anybody here ever heard of this guy named John Piper before? Anybody? Okay, wow, I'm actually surprised. I was expecting like three or four hands, a few more. Okay, John Piper, the pipe bomb, all right? Um, I think this quote is in your handout because I wanted you to have it and take it home. But the pipe bomb says this. He says, sin is what you do when your heart is not satisfied with God. Man, that's heavy. Did you hear that? Like when you're not satisfied with life, when you're not satisfied with God, what do you do? You begin to look for sin, thinking that sin is what's gonna satisfy you. And you realize that it's the exact opposite. All right, let's keep tracking. We're doing good. Why is Jesus better than temptation? Why is Jesus better than temptation? Because that's what our talk is called today. Jesus is better than temptation. Wake up, here we go. Uh, Number one, okay, you fill this in. Number one, we are powerless, but Jesus is powerful. We are powerless, but Jesus is powerful. And here's what this means, is that you all by yourself, you all alone are powerless to sin and you're powerless to temptation. But Jesus is powerful. There's this cool verse in the Bible. It's in your notes. You can read it at home. It says this, while we were still helpless at the right time, that's when Christ died for us. In other words, the Bible calls us helpless against sin without Jesus Christ. It was like, hey man, you had your shot. You tried to be good enough for God. You tried to keep all of God's laws. You couldn't do it. You were helpless because every time temptation came your way, you couldn't perfectly do what God wanted you to do. And when you were helpless against temptation and sin, it says at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's why Jesus is better than temptation because we were powerless, powerless without God to defeat sin. And Jesus was powerful, powerful enough to stand against temptation and deal with it perfectly in every way. Number two, Jesus died in your place. And that's why Jesus is better than temptation. Is because when you and I were tempted, we fell into that temptation. We fell into that trap. We fell into sin. And what we deserve because of that is death. That's what our punishment should have been. But Jesus died in your place. That means that you and I deserve to be punished because of our sin. And Jesus steps in and says, I'm going to take the punishment for you. That's why Jesus is better than temptation, because he was willing to step in and take our place and die for us. I love this verse. It's, it's Romans 5, 8. It's in your little handout in the parentheses. Take it home and read it tonight. Don't ever say you don't know what to read in the Bible. Take that paper home. This is what it says. 
God proves his own love for us in this way. Listen to this. If, you've never, if you have ever wondered if you are loved, if you've ever been like, nobody really loves me, nobody gets me, nobody understands me, like, am I really loved? If you have ever doubted this, the Bible says this, God proves how much he loves you that while you and I were still sinners, that's when Jesus died for us. See, when Jesus died for us, he wasn't dying for us when we were awesome. He wasn't dying for us because we were the best at keeping God's way. He wasn't dying for us when we were the best at loving God. He wasn't dying for us when we were the best at showing our love for God. He died for us when we were at our worst. That's when Christ died for us, and that's how God proves how much he loves us, all right? Number three. Oh, I love this. Check this out. A little picture of a bird. This bird in a net. Psalm 124 says this. If you, if you are ever like, man, I don't really know. God really hasn't done a whole lot for me. Like, man, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. God doesn't really know me. He doesn't, he doesn't really help me out. And guess what? If you call yourself a Christian, man, this verse is for you. It says, we have escaped like a bird from the hunter's net. The net is torn and we have escaped. And I love that if you follow Jesus here, imagine yourself as that little helpless bird. We like to think ourselves as strong and mighty, right? But without God, and without Jesus, we're like this little helpless bird stuck in somebody's net, ready to get eaten or killed or something. And God says, hey, you have been set free from the hunter's net. That means Jesus has set you free. He set you free. Why is Jesus better? Number three, uh, Jesus' way is good, and Jesus' way is perfect. Jesus said that he came so that people could have life. He came to bring people peace. And those sound like two really good things. His way is good, and his way is perfect. And that's why Jesus is better than temptation. All right, we're almost done. What do I do in the face of temptation? Now, there's a picture here. This picture is of a forest. I don't know if you've ever been to the forest before. We don't really have very many forests in South Texas. Um, we have um, nopales, that's cactus, by the way. And we have, um, like, stickers and bushes and shrubs and things like that, right? We don't really have forests. But if you've ever been to a place with a forest, Colorado, Wyoming, um, the Great Smoky Mountains, anywhere where there is a forest. If you ever walked through the forest, if you ever gone off the trail and just kind of walked through the forest, what do you find brushing up against you? Leaves and branches. I love this quote about temptation. It says that temptation, temptations are as thick as the leaves of a forest and no one can be out of the reach of temptation unless they are dead. This is what this means, is that everywhere you go and everywhere that you are, at any time, you will be faced with temptation. Temptation will be everywhere all the time. As common as walking through a forest and finding leaves, that's what temptation will be in this life. Did you get that? Yeah? So what do you do? All right, number one, you got to know your daddy. You got to know who your daddy is. What does that mean? You're like, I know, I know who my dad is. Now listen, this is what I mean. You actually write in daddy, okay? Don't write dad, don't write father, our heavenly father, or something super spiritual. You gotta know who your daddy is. And what that means is this. It deals with identity. So this is what it looks like, okay? Listen to me, watch this. When you are face to face with temptation to do something that is against God's way, 
but you know Jesus is better. This is what it looks like. At the core of who you are, you ask yourself this question, who is my daddy? It's funny, right? Who is my father? If God is my father, why would I give myself to this temptation? It talks about identity. So as you face temptation, you gotta know who your father is. I wanna show you this picture right here. It's a picture of a father holding a little boy, holding a son, holding a child. And I like to think of my relationship with God a lot like that. I like to think of God holding me and saying, I love you so much. You're my child. Live like it. Don't don't just jump out of my arms and say, I don't need you, Dad. See ya. Uh, Life is better without you. I like to think of my relationship with God like a father that is holding me or holding you and saying, you're my daughter. I love you more than anything. Live like it. You don't have to give yourself to that temptation or sin because I love you. Know who your daddy is. Number two, you gotta rely on God's power. The verse that's in your hand out there, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. That's what, this is what this means. You're never gonna face a temptation that hasn't already been faced before. There's no new temptation. Every temptation is common to everybody. There's no new temptation. And God is faithful. Watch this. God, listen to this. If you're a Christian here, if you follow Jesus, you need to know this. This is for you. God will, this is what it says. God will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So here's what this means. If you are face to face with temptation to sin, God is never gonna let you be tempted more than what you can say no to. Did you get that? You're like, God, it's too hard, I can't do it. And God is saying, no, you're my son, you're my daughter, I've given you my power and I'm never gonna let you be tempted more than what you can handle. So you can, you can resist them temptation. Rely on God's power. Number three, pray. Number three, pray in times of temptation. Jesus prayed this, Jesus said, God, would you lead them uh, not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. So this is what this looks like. Listen, you're hanging out with friends. Your friends are doing some stuff like, man, man, th- th- this is not God's way. And I don't want to do this. And, and it'd be easier just to go with what everybody around you is doing, right? It'd be easier just to say what they're saying and do what they're doing and live like they're living. But you are a child of God. So what do you do? You pray. You literally have to step back and take two seconds to just say, God, I need you to give me the strength to live for you in this moment because on my own, I wanna do the exact opposite of what you asked me to do today. So when you're faced with temptation, what do you do? Do you shrink back? The way that you fight against temptation is by praying. Now, I'm not talking about these crazy long prayers where you fold your hands and you like spend 20, 30 minutes praying right there in the middle of your school cafeteria or something like that. I'm talking about the little conversations with God where you're just, God, I need your help because I just want to do this. God, I need your help because I'm thinking that. God, I need your help because nobody's around and I just want to take out my phone and look at some stuff that my parents don't know that I'm looking at. God, I have this fight with lust going on inside and I need you to give me your power and your strength. That's what I mean when I say pray. You gotta pray when you face that temptation. You've gotta talk to God and know that God is going to give you the power to stand up against that temptation. You become strong and able to fight temptation to sin 
when you're talking to God and praying. All right, number four, last one, and we're done. You gotta team up, all right? Anybody ever played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? All right, okay, cool, so watch this. At my house, we've been playing a little bit of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. For some reason, people like to gang up on dad. Lately, we've been ganging up on Bethany because she's figured out a few little tricks that we don't know what she's doing. She's pushing left, X, X, left, X, A. Well, I don't know what she's doing, but she's got a little trick going on. And I found myself playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with the family and just jumping over Hannah, my wife, jumping over Lydia and just going straight to Beth and fighting Beth. Bah, 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 bah. And then I die and I do that little respawn thing. Sorry, I'm a Halo generation. I know that you don't respawn and that's not what you call it in Super Smash, but anyway, but you respawn and I get back to life again and boom, I jump over one, boom, I jump over there and who am I going after? I'm going after Bethany because she is like getting pretty good at Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now here's the deal about Super Smash. I think of our relationship with God a little bit like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. You guys are like, what? A video game about God? No, the Super Smash is not about God, all right? But here's what I simply mean by this, all right? So when you are living your life all by yourself, you feel like all the temptation of the world is ganging up on you and ready to take you out. And you're just like, X, 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 ah. Oh. It's just easier just to just go with this. Can I be on your team? And what does sin do? It says, yeah, come on. Our way is so much better than God's ways. You're fighting like, I don't know the ultimate code. Eh, why, 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 why? And it's like, oh, like, really? Like everybody's fighting against me, all this temptation around me. Like, like okay, I, I just give, I give up. But here's what you gotta do in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. You make alliances, right? Like, if one person's beating up on you, you turn to your friend and say, don't kill me, okay? And your friend's like, nah, I'm gonna kill you. Let's go after them, right? So listen, watch this. Listen to me. If this is the only thing you get tonight, I'll be happy. Watch this. In your relationship with God, in your walk with Jesus Christ, you gotta team up with some people to fight against sin. Listen, I got a hard question for you. When was the last time you had a friend sitting right next to you that you know follows God ask you, hey man, how are you doing in your walk with, with God? How are you doing with temptation? How are you doing with that sin? How are you doing? Have you ever had a friend ask you that? Some of you would be like, yeah, I do have a friend that asks me that. And I'll tell you this, good, you're teamed up. You're teamed up and when you're fighting the Super Smash Brothers ultimate of life, which is against temptation and sin, and you got somebody teamed up on your side that loves you enough to ask you the hard questions, and you will be so much stronger, so much stronger for it. You gotta get somebody else involved. So listen, who's your one? Who's that person that loves you enough to talk to you about God and say, hey man, I'm here for you. Let's pray together. I'll pray for you. Somebody, listen, somebody that you trust enough to look through your phone and see your DMs and see the stuff on Twitter that has been sent to you and posted to you, see what other guys are sending you, what other girls are sending you. Who in your life, man, everybody's fidgeting in their chair. They're like, man, I don't like this. I don't like this. Why? Why? Because it hits home when I say this. Man, as a follower of Jesus, you're called out of sin 
and you're given everything you need to stand strong against temptation. And then when you do it with a friend who loves Jesus, you will be stronger. So I'm going to say this, and we may need to cut it out of the tape before it goes on the podcast. Let's get stronger in our walk with God because he gives us everything we need to fight temptation so that sin can stop kicking our butts. And you may be like, ooh, I'm going to go home and tell my mom that Marcus said sin's kicking our butts. And then your mom may call me and say, hey, Marcus, you can't say that from the stage. I'm going to say, it's true. Sin is kicking our butts. Have you seen your son's phone? (laughs) You're like, are you really going to tell my mom that? No, I love your mom. I'll say it a little bit more friendly than that, okay? But it's true, right? So come on, guys. God is saying you have direct access to all my power. Stop letting temptation beat you down. Team up with somebody and walk in that strength. Let me pray for us and get out of here. Super Smash Brothers to the rescue. God, uh, we need your help, God. Man, this thing called temptation is big. It's big and it's, it's difficult, God, because like a forest with leaves, when you're walking through, you're always surrounded by these trees and leaves. Temptation, temptation God, is nonstop around us all the time. In fact, God, you know that temptation is so common around us that we just grow so numb to it. Like it's just normal and we're okay with it. And we desperately need God for you to wake us up so that we can say, God, I I don't want to just be giving into temptation. I want to live for you, God, but I can't do it without you. So thank you, God, because you give us the strength to do this. Thank you, God, that even when we're at our worst, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We love you. We need your help. And so in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.